This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. It's so hard to say no to kids and it's so hard to let them experience that frustration when you don't respect your own time as much as you respect everybody else's. Yep. And when you when you show them that, you show them that it's not just about them, right? It's about the the community. It's about the whole. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by the wonderful Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? We, we get to talk to about something today that is such a pain point for parents, and it's entitlement. Oh, my <laughs> it's, gosh. It's a thing. It's a thing. Like, it's like your biggest fear that it's going to happen, and at the same time, you're, like, constantly worried that it, is it happening? I'm not aware. Or is it happening? Or am I seeing it? Oh, my God. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. It's just, it's always there. Well, it's also like such an issue too because we both grew up where we probably have more now and have more resources available to us now than our parents had back when they were raising us. Oh, yeah. So like we can give our kids more. We have the means to do that. But with that also like they don't have to experience as much frustration and <laughs> they don't have to like experience waiting for things. Like I I think like our system of Blockbuster, for instance, where you had to go in on a Friday night and you looked at that new release wall and you were like, darn it, I didn't get here in time. Like all of the videos are gone for the new release I want to see. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. True. <laughs> True. I, that, that's funny. Like there are a few things that I think my kids have to deal with that is like the pain of Blockbuster, <laughs> of new release night. Yeah. Very few things. 
I can't even think of that, like the pain of Blockbuster or like going to a movie at a theater and having it be sold out. Oh, like, yeah. That doesn't happen yeah, anymore. Right. Or getting in time, like we need to get there so I can get good seats. That's like not even a thing anymore. You pick them out like a week in advance. Like if you decide, yeah, I, okay, that that's, I'm going to get on my little soapbox for that one for a minute. There is nothing that frustrates me more than, than like you cannot decide on a Friday night or a Saturday night that you want to go to the movies. Nope. You had to figure that crap out a week ago if you wanted to get tickets or seats that weren't in the front row. That's true. Like, it's just. That's true. It's ridiculous. Where's the spur of the moment? I know. Well, before it was all like a battle of wills and who could wait it out. Because, I mean, if you wanted to see a movie on new release day, you went to the theater two hours beforehand and you got in that line for that theater. And you stood in that line and you waited with everybody else. And you like it was kind of fun, too, in a way. It was kind of an event, you know. And then you you got in. you, You like made the mad rush for the best seats. And that was it. Like all the planning you had to have was maybe like two hours. And now you have to have like a week. Right. Right. And I, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. So like the whole point of this is that like the fact that our kids are in a society in general. And again, like you said, like there, there's a difference. Um, Everybody has different means. Everybody's going to be in different levels of this. But all of our kids have access to more than what we did as kids. And I also think a big part of it, too, is that there is this Instagrammable lifestyle that has like turned into this where it it feels like we have to do a bazillion things more for our kids Mm -hmm. to earn that that you're a good mom. Yeah. And there's like all of these additional expectations. Right. For sure. So like, and if, sure. if you can't struggle, then you're not a good mom. So, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, <sighs> I gotta do all this stuff. But then can you believe it? That's what starts you on this entitlement yeah. thing. <laughs> that's what starts you. Like if your kids struggle, you're not a good mom. And really that is not the case at all. And so we're really going to dig into this entitlement thing and how you can ensure that you're doing really the absolute most so that your kids are not entitled. So let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So Brie, you found five mistakes that people make when it comes to raising kids who, well, raising kids in general, making sure that they're not entitled because that's really like, we're all really scared of it. We want our kids to be successful, but we don't want them to think the world's going to be handed to them and then quit when the world is obviously not handed to them. Right? Like, so I think that part of that whole entitlement thing is that like we're we're scared that they're going to struggle so much that they're going to fail and not do well and not be able to keep up with their peers. But at the same time, when we keep swooping in and doing everything for them, it gives us the opposite of what they're, because we're thinking, oh, we're going to be helped to be secure and good to go. And actually what that does is that teaches them that, oh, I deserve these things just to be handed to me and or 
other people should be doing this for me. I shouldn't be doing it myself. All of which falls under that entitlement. So yeah, there's a lot of things that we do meaning well that ends up doing the exact opposite. So yeah, these are the, so we're going to start and go over like five mistakes that we commonly make as parents that can very highly potentially lead your child down the road towards entitlement when that's not what you want. And we'll tell you what to do instead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, well, this first mistake is what was like my light bulb moment <laughs> on entitlement. It was, it was like, oh, this is actually what entitlement is. And entitlement is really the inability to handle frustration well. So mistake number one is not teaching our kids how to be disappointed. Like that thing you were talking about, the swooping in and saving them. I mean, just this morning, I my son bikes to school. Mm-hmm. Like it's a 10-minute bike ride for him. It's not very long. And lately it's been kind of cold in Arizona standards, like 32 in the morning. His fingers feel a little frigid. They hurt a little bit, as our grandparents would say. It's character building. (laughs) But like also he has gotten used to being picked up in the car line by me in the afternoon just because he has been – it's been kind of cold and he doesn't have the right outerwear for it. Mm -hmm. And he's been hanging out with his friends during that time. And so this morning, he's like, Mom, like, can you pick me up this afternoon? And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm recording this podcast in the afternoon, bud. And he's like, oh, I just like, I just want to hang out with my friends and I never get to hang out with my friends. And he gets really upset and stomps out of the room. And immediately, like, my heart just goes, oh, like, the boy just wants to hang out with his friends. What am I doing? Like, saying this because I could, like, rearrange things. And I was going to stick to it. I was totally going to stick to it. And then I saw on our schedule today that it was – we ended at 3 and he gets out at 3.30 and I'm like, you know what? I can come and I can get you after all. But I seriously debated back and forth about that because I want him to be able to handle that disappointment while also I want to be able to give him the things that he wants and he needs. And like that social connection, I don't think it's a bad thing yeah. to – give him more time with his friends either. But I also don't want to be like, yeah, let me like rearrange my whole day and like pick you up from school. Uh, I settled on a happy medium. He's cooking dinner tonight. Okay. (laughs) That was the cost for a ride, huh? The fair is is that you make dinner. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to, the reasoning on my part is I was like, well, I need extra time to like get stuff done. But if you make dinner, I can get that stuff done during that time. So that works. That does work. But yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, oh, he does not handle disappointment well. Well, it's (laughs) something we need to work on. But it's something that that you guys always have worked on. And like, and I feel like it's, it's an ongoing thing. So teaching your child to handle disappointment you know when they're having a hard time because that's when those, like, you see, like, the stomping, the tantrums, the whining. It's like, oh, everything's not working out the way I want it to. And then also boredom. That's a big one too, right? Oh, when yeah. kids get bored mm-hmm. and then they're like, entertain me. I'm so bored. Take me here. Let's go do that. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it up, yeah. buttercup. Like, I suck it up, buttercup. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, you've got an amazing imagination. There's a lot of things you can do. I mean. They have to experience it. And like we've had on the podcast, Jessica Leahy wrote the amazing book, The Gift of Failure, because we have to let our kids have disappointment. We have to let them fail so that they can learn to handle it and move on. But it's not fun. No. 
It's not fun, Brie. It's not. it's not fun. It sucks. I don't like it. It does suck. And it's like, it's also the point where you can't give those one-liners that our parents gave to us. And I suddenly like have so much more understanding for like, oh, you have to be bored. Oh, that makes sense. You're a boring person. That was my dad's favorite. <laughs> oh my God, story. really? <laughs> he got it from the Cosby show, that's, which now that's it's like something. he got it from the Cosby show. That's <laughs> something. That's something, something. Yeah, that's, a, that's what he used to say to me and my sister. Oh my gosh. Um, so we never said I'm bored around him. It's but it's it's also so difficult because like you, you can't give those one liners because you do want that relationship with your kids and you want to tell them like, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. And this is a really good thing for you to figure out. I, I'm gonna step back here and this is a really good thing for you. It is, it is. Okay, so I wanna jump into mistake number two because you kind of already touched on it. So mistake number okay. two is not being clear about your own boundaries as parent or probably if you're listening as the mom, right? So like mm-hmm. we tend to put everybody first and so many no, of us definitely. do that, right? And you were having that internal. So like when you were talking about it with him, you're like, oh, he's sad. Like I could just, you know, I'd have to rearrange my day, but I could do that and da, 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 da. Yeah. But I could take away his sadness and really would it be too much work for me? Yes. Am I really, am I really making this as big of a deal as it needs to be? Like that's my internal monologue oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, exactly. So like. You holding and and telling him like, okay, so your boundary is that I need to get work done. If, Mm -hmm. if I move this, then I need somebody to pick up this here in the afternoon. Like that was a really clear boundary. Like I need this time. How's that going to happen if I'm coming to get you? So that was really fantastic how that worked. And you were, and I love how you like even gave him the time frame too, because that like helps make it even clearer for them of like what the boundary is. Well, this is the one thing that starts a fight with my teens is the, the flat out no's. If I can't, yeah, I, well, they just want to hear why. So go on. <laughs> Sorry. Well, can I be, if I could be a little honest, okay. honestly, like me explaining it is probably a lot more clear than it was in person. That's okay. <laughs> you know what? It, you know how you are. You're like, yeah, like, and I, and I got him to agree to certain things. And like the whole dinner thing was he was supposed to make dinner last night and he didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I didn't feel like pushing him because I didn't feel like it either. So um, he like he knows that's on his plate already today. And I made sure like, you know, and these dishes on the counter on your plate. But it's true. Like, it's so hard to say no to kids. And it's so hard to let them experience that frustration when you don't respect your own time as much as you respect everybody else's. Yep. And when you when you show them that you show them that it's not just about them. Right. It's about the, the community. It's about the whole which most of us, that's mm-hmm. what we want our kids to be aware of. We want them to be aware of the collective and like your family, your community. And yeah, that's it. And when we start by self-sacrificing everything, they're learning it is all about them. It's right? very true. That is actually a great like mic drop right there <laughs> on how to be a model and not to be a martyr. Because when you are a martyr, you're encouraging entitlement. Yep. You're making it all about your kids and showing them that no one else exists in life but them. <laughs> so we are going to get into mistake number three right after this break. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Bree here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, 
rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Hey all, it is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. So entitlement and kids. One of the other big mistakes, this is our mistake number three, is not giving them enough responsibility, not making things fall on them and letting Mm -hmm. them experience the consequences. That's a big discussion in the parenting world, especially among like, Parents who are used to this authoritarian way of dealing with things who are like, oh my gosh, you weren't ready for school in time. That's it. You're grounded. No no friends this afternoon. You think of consequences as something that you have to enact when really like by us jumping in and taking care of our kids and saving them, we're actually not letting them experience those natural consequences that we have nothing to do with whatsoever. Right? I mean, it, it, the... Uh... A big part of the responsibility that I see happens a ton, at, especially in the roles of like our moms and our and our kids, is that we tend to take on doing so much, so much. Mm-hmm. Like I, even though we have in our household, like I have two teens, so everybody's capable of helping out quite a bit. But if I forgot to do meal planning or figure I forgot to tell somebody who was cooking that night, I'll just automatically feel like it's my responsibility to cook because I didn't come up with the meal plan and I didn't tell whoever it was it was their turn because they were home that night from Mm -hmm. work, which my kids darn well know if they are home from work, they are probably cooking because they have like plenty of those nights where they're working. But I mean, the, the part of that is, is that 
having them have that response, there's no reason it all needs to fall on me. And as Mm -hmm. moms, we take on so much of it. Like we'll do the bulk of the house cleaning. We do the bulk of the like cooking and all of that stuff because we feel like it's better for us to do it. Why? Our kids are messy. They take too long. They whine and they complain. I get it. I get it. And it sucks in the moment, right? Like it -hmm. just sucks. But they learn. (laughs) They learn that they have to contribute. We're back to the contributing to a group. They do. Oh, like to play a little devil's advocate okay. here, because I've often thought about it me and like something you said just made me think that I may be thinking this way. But like, could it be that we also kind of suffer from an exaggerated sense of self where we think that we can handle all the things and other people can't? For instance, I'm thinking oh, probably, specifically yeah. of from my daughter. Because, <laughs> like, I have tried to get that girl to contribute to the meal plan every single week. And every single week, she will list off everything that she is stressed about, everything that she has to do, and how she will just not be able to do the meal planning. And I let her slide. Like, every that sounds time, like another like, one of my kids. <laughs> I know how I know how stressful high school can be, yeah. and I know how stressful it is. But also, my life isn't not stressful. I do exactly <laughs> right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that one because of the kid that that reminds me of. Yeah, the kid that that reminds me of has high anxiety in my family, and that kiddo exactly right, and that kiddo. If you don't tell them, I hear you, bud. You got a lot going on but I still need you to adhere to this. Mm-hmm. They will, they will huff, they will puff. They'll throw, they'll blow the they'll house throw down. a few things around, <laughs> but then they'll do it. And then again, yeah. what does that do? That gives them a feel like once they're able to do it, they're going to get better at it. They're going to learn how to juggle their schedule, right? Mm-hmm. The, of all the responsibilities. And they're going to be able to look back at it and be like, Oh, I am capable of doing X, Y, and Z, not just X and Y. Yeah. No, you're totally right. And I think I just had my own therapy moment here. Because <laughs> it's like, it made, me, it made me realize that I am scared of this child's reaction. Like I have been there, girl. I feel ya. I feel ya. It's it's so nice when you have like you're not yelling. When, when you're used to a very emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And it's going really well. And you don't want to like Ruin, rock, yeah. you know, the emotions at all and get the screaming. And so you're just trying to keep the peace, but you're 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 not doing the best for everybody else. So it's, I have a feeling I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I just don't want I don't want the eruption. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then like but I, what I would do is I would plan an exit strategy. <laughs> So I almost I need, always I need like the exit strategy. Yeah, I almost always would like go to my husband and be like, "All right, I'm going to say this. I need you to come in if he starts to go here, so that way I can walk out quietly. Because otherwise, I will jump up to there with him, and it'll be screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so like it it so yeah, that was my exit strategy. You come. I have in, a feeling I'm going to do a tap out. Yeah, I'm going to do a tap out. I'm going to talk with my husband beforehand. I'm like, we need them. We need them to do the meal. And he's going to be like, of course we do. Yeah. <laughs> and right? agree with it because he's all good with that. And, and like, I'm like, and I'm out. Yeah. Time out. Oh, look at that. I got a, I got a facial. Got to go. Bye-bye. So, yeah. So it teaches. So the point of giving them the responsibility, it teaches them that they can do it. It gives them a sense of self-worth and accomplishment. And they learn how to juggle because life is not going to get easier. It's only going to get harder. 
And that it is. Of- oh my gosh, I just thought of another one. Oh my gosh, instantaneous migraine. Gotta go lay down. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Everybody quiet. Ice. I need a big bottle of spa water. Leave me alone. Such a migraine. Such a migraine. I can't deal with the Addie, emotions right Addie, now. come with me. I'll just touch you. You'll take Addie with you. You will go cuddle. Let's put some Netflix on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the best. That okay. kind of leads us into mistake number four. It does. It does. Like, okay, so mistake number four is that you probably are not modeling the behavior that you want your kids to use. So, like. Say what? What? No. Accommodating? No constantly take doing everything because you feel like that's your job because you're the mom and a good mom yeah. sacrifice every bit of her life for her kids do you want your kids uh, to live that life no or do you yeah, want or no. worse yet worse yet like and, and I always like go back to this like my oldest my son when we he was younger like uh, elementary right before I, I we got divorced I remember he started having these like behaviors where like he wouldn't help out with doing anything around the house. Like the boy would Mm. literally pick up his plate and put it next to the sink and walk away. And I'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) He'd be like, well, girls are the ones that clean, not boys. And I'm like, (laughs) well, dad, nope. Do not bring dad in this conversation. No, he's so lucky. Dad was not nearby. I probably would have chucked the plate at his head. So anyway, the point is, is that like when we're doing these things, we're like, we, we sacrifice, we're teaching our kids that, that the role is for mom to do everything and not for them to take on anything themselves or mom and dad are supposed to fix everything. Or like, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about in one of our podcast episodes, cover the sky. Like it's cover this. Yeah. yeah. You can't cover the sky. You have to let it rain on them. And and they got to learn how to communicate it too. Right. They got to learn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like not modeling the behavior you want to see is so hard because I am I am queen of the temper tantrums. I could totally do a temper tantrum if I don't get my way. I don't do it often anymore. And um <laughs> but, but I mean when like when you're an older child, for instance, you're pretty used to getting things your way. You're I mean, I, I'm pretty pretty adept at getting my sister to do things mm-hmm. and I'm uh, you know that's just kind of the older child whims. So I didn't have much experience in that frustration stuff. And come to being an adult, I feel like I don't have I don't have a very strong patience. <laughs> and Brie, you're like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I see that. I don't have the strong patience. Trust me. Like you know that. Like I have a low level of tolerance of frustration, especially when I'm stressed. It comes out a lot. Oh, we're going to do a whole other episode of Bree's pretty sure she's like uh, premenopausal right now. <laughs> oh, don't even. It's, it's that's a secondary. It's that's going to be another podcast it's episode here in a week. Things. Yeah, but I mean, it's all the things. Well, we fun. have one more mistake for you after this break. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office 
again. Knowing that vet care costs continue to rise, you're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Fifth mistake. Gosh, this one's a big one. Yeah. Is the having unrealistic expectations for your children. <laughs> I'm thinking that they should handle things well all the time and not be upset with any disappointment. Right? Like and you just said mm-hmm. that like in the last mistake about modeling behavior like even we as adults have a hard time keeping our expectations in check and keeping our reactions in check. So why would we expect our kids that are probably anywhere from 20 to 40 years younger than us? <laughs> why do we mm-hmm. expect them to be able to hold their, you know, stuff together all the time? Life is a struggle. Yeah. That is life. It is. And the thing is, is it's not made any better by shame. Like I can think of a specific instance where uh-huh. we – I went to Las Vegas with my family. I was 18 years old and I was had been in college for a year already. I was living out away from my parents. Ooh, that's always hard um, coming in the back. <laughs> it's hard coming back. And we had a timeshare right on the other side of the strip and all I wanted to do is I'm like, yeah, like everyone's resting right now. I just want to go out and walk. Like I want to go out and walk. And they're like, no, Joanne, you can't do that. And I'm like – what are you saying? Like, I live on my own. I live in the dorms. Like, this is ridiculous. And they were just coming back with this big no. And I collapsed on the floor as an 18-year-old. And my grandma was there too. And because I I was just like, all the emotions flooded through me. And I had no idea how to combat them. 
that they can totally consume me. And I went down on the floor and I remember my grandma saying, I expected more from you, Joanne. Oh my God. But I mean, that stayed with me forever. And I'm like, oh, what did I do there? Like, and it didn't help me handle the emotions any better. Right. In fact, like it probably led me to bottle up the emotions inside even more. Because I mean, I, I have severe anxiety that I'm currently under treatment for. And it's just when we have those unrealistic expectations of people and we see people crumble like that, and especially our kids when they're much younger. And I mean, I would say at 18, the prefrontal cortex isn't even formed completely yet. Yeah. So I'm going to give myself a pass there. And the shame doesn't help. And when we think that people should have it together all the time, it doesn't help them and it doesn't help us because we're going to be constantly disappointed in them if we have those expectations. And then how do they feel about themselves? Oh, crap. I can't do it. Oh, crap. I really Mm -hmm. suck. I don't have the skill. So you're setting them up to, to have the inability to realize that they can do it on their own and that they have that ability to. Did I just say safety twice? Yeah. But yeah, like they're going to make mistakes. They're going to screw up. You have to like, you have to, our job is not to fix it. And I love that Mm -hmm. too. Cause like earlier this week we had a thing where like you messaged me about something that was down and I I immediately like, oh, what about this? And you're like, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to be here with me. And I'm like, oh, okay. I could do that. Well, like, right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing with fixing it for people is because usually people have already thought of all of the situations. Like they've already thought of like all of the solutions and all of the possible things and ruled it out for one time or for one thing or another. Yeah. And when we try to fix things, it's creating more of a mental load in that person. By now them, like they have their pain, but now they also have to defend as to they already thought of that. And there's like, and it's something that is like they don't want to do, you know? Right. And so like just sitting in the pain with your kid and just sitting like there and being like, oh, this sucks. This is really, really disappointing. And I'm so sorry it can't work out for you is so much more impactful than trying to make it better for them. Right. And you can be there to support them to problem solve. Like what are some things you Mm -hmm. think that you can do? And like you just said, sometimes you're in in a spot where you can immediately start problem solving and sometimes you're not. You need to work through the emotions first Mm -hmm. and then you can problem solve. So again, that comes to having realistic expectations. Don't expect your kid to like have major disappointment and immediately come up with 16 gazillion solutions and be peppy and excited Mm -hmm. about them. Like it – Oh, yeah. No. It takes time. Because when you're – And when you're working through the emotions like that, if you were my parent and you came up to me and like, okay, what are some things you can do? I'd be like, F off, mom! (laughs) You're not there. You're not there. You're like not there to use the logical portion of your brain. So like if you try to problem solve with your kids in that moment and they have that reaction, know that it's completely normal and they've just given you in the indication of where they are on the problem solving scale. Oh yeah. That's the back away and I'm going to let you calm down side of the problem solving scale. I always go straight to that Homer Simpson gif of him like walking back quietly into the bushes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it's, it's two different things. Like either your emotions are really, really high and you're just going through them or when they're lower then that prefrontal cortex can come back online and yeah. help you think through the issue, but you can't do, you can't do both at once. So those are your five mistakes to avoid yeah. 
Try to, and if you found yourself saying, oh, crap, I do that. Oh, crap, I do that. No worries. We all do. I think we just, we both admitted that we do all of them as well right now. So you're in good company. It happens sometimes. So the the whole point of it is like, all right, I just did that yesterday. I'm going to try to start doing this tomorrow or this today. Yeah. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it just, it's just a little tweak. Little tweak and you'll it's see just, big changes. And it's becoming more conscious of it. Yeah. Because when you're conscious of it, you're able to make changes. Yep. But if you don't even know it's happening, well, you don't even know to change it in the first place. So that's that's the way. That's the way. This is the way. I'm going so, to Mandalorian theme music now. So if you <laughs> love this episode, would you do us the hugest favor? Would you go on and maybe, you know, give us a little, little rate and review? Well, show us a little love. <laughs> Share us with your best friend. <laughs> you mm. know, tell others about the No Get Mom podcast because we are, are where our goal is to get out to more and more moms out there because we know you're all out there. We know you are. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. So we're in your little podcast player every Tuesday and Thursday. And with that, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.